exciting um ever since i think it was right before like a week before christmas we had ed jardy on from band of heathens and i asked him the question who are the artists that you're listening to right now and i think either the first or the second artist he mentioned was taylor ray and so i instantly went to spotify i found taylor ray and i have not stopped listening to um fixer upper uh breeze blocks is literally going over and over on my playlist and everything from mad 20s but we are so thrilled that taylor has been gracious enough to give us a little bit of time to chat with her taylor thank you thank you so much mike and matt um that warms my heart ed is such a sweet guy i got to go on tour with band of heathens uh a little bit in november and so to know that he was listening just makes me so happy. So thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's awesome. We're we're definitely starting to like dip into the music scene a little more. Gibby, I know this is your dream all along. I made the joke that <clears throat> this whole podcast has just been a long con through sports to get you to your music career that you're trying to get off the ground. So I'm happy to be along for the ride, Gib. It's fine. I'm okay with it. I, I just want most- you to know I know. I know, I know but I am the most mediocre musician. Um, <laughs> There's an in like mediocre amateur musician. Come on. There's Come on. Aren't we all so, amateurs at the end I, of the day? I want to live vicariously through our guests. Yeah. Um, so Taylor, <laughs> tell us a little bit about what you're up to right now. Are you recording? Are you writing? Are you planning any tours for, for the upcoming year? Yeah, I'm actually just weeks away from starting pre-production on the next record. And so we have plans to track at the end of March. So yeah, we're right there. It's been a long winded um, process, just gearing up for this record. Um, By the time this one will be released, it will probably have been three years since Mad 20s. So um, highly anticipated just for me personally. Um, And yeah, I'm so excited. So that's kind of what my year looks like. Less touring this year, more recording. We've talked to a few musicians in the past too, and there's varying answers on this. So I'm interested in yours. And I kind of think we might've just gotten part of it. Is it tough to thread that needle of touring plus recording music? Like, I feel like it happens rarely. It's kind of a, I have an offshoot to this question and it's about tour buses and just touring in general and like what that experience is. But do you feel like it's really hard for you to do your best work writing new music when you're out performing the music that you've written previously? Like, how does that work for you? Do you feel like you could you could marry that or is it really one or the other? Um, You know, with my writing style, it kind of just comes when it comes. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't really have like a place or a method or like a rhyme or reason really. And so sometimes that is in the hotel rooms on tour. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's in the green rooms. Um, sometimes when it's, I have time off at home, I can't really like pinpoint when I write the best. Um, yeah. I will say being on tour is super inspiring. So I think I do gather a lot of inspiration while I'm mm-hmm. out on the road. Um, but yeah, I can't imagine going into this recording process while also thinking about an upcoming tour like that recording and touring sounds really hard because those are two completely
completely different spaces in my brain. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm glad I have the opportunity to just, just focus on the record for a few months. I do like that process though. That's cool. You're kind of like sifting through the moments of the tour and grabbing little bits and pieces and then kind of like teasing out the inspiration from there. So that it comes through, you can tell in the songs because they're, you know, lyrically, they're very sharp. So that's cool. Oh, that makes a lot of you. sense. Yeah. Thanks. Well, I, yeah, I I have a million adjectives to describe like some of the the delivery, the deliberateness and um, everything with the lyrics and, and um, you know, on a number of your songs. Um, I'm curious, actually, as you mentioned the second album, is there a, a sense of like nervousness with this second studio album? And do you have a name for the record yet? Yes, I do have a name. It is called The Void. And I wouldn't say I'm nervous about it because I have had some of these songs for a while and I was able to okay. play them out um, last year and kind of just workshop them. Um, and I've spent so much time just by myself on pre-production that um, I feel pretty ready, pretty ready to go in. I feel really confident about the songs, but if you would have asked me that a few months ago, I would have been very nervous. <laughs> <laughs> it's part of that too. Like, I mean, you've been playing music your whole life, right? You started like writing music at like seven or eight. You've been performing since you were in your like early teens. Do you, what makes you nervous now? Is this it? Like, what is the thing that could make you most nervous on this journey that you're on at this point? You know, I really don't get nervous anymore. Um, yeah, like you said, I've been writing forever and also grew up doing musical theater. So I've always been on stage. Um, and even like being vulnerable at this point doesn't really make me nervous. Like I'm happy mm -hmm. to share the bleeding heart with, you know, 500 people from stage that's fine the yeah. one thing that made me nervous last year was getting really sick on tour mm. and having to perform when I didn't know if I could squeak any notes yeah. out yeah on stage that was the first time I had felt nervous in a really long time and I was like oh man I'm glad I don't have to deal with this feeling all the time but man <laughs> I, was, I was shaking for sure the good part about that is you know in theory all of those people are there to see because they already love your music so if it's not like you know you don't have to be perfect for them they're already fans so maybe in a way it's definitely probably still stressful but maybe you get a little bit more leeway with them than you would like at a festival where people don't know who you are yeah this particular one was tough i was opening up for brothers comatose okay <laughs> like a sold out portland show like 650 yeah. people and i was like this is the worst possible time. <laughs> you know what? It came across pretty good. And like their fan base is so sweet and like, we're just so pumped anyways. And yeah, I, I didn't feel any lack of love despite the sickness, but yeah, I was like, Oh no. Good. <laughs> so you were doing a, a bunch of shows over the summer and, you know, throughout the fall and into the winter. Um, and we missed you in new England. We didn't know about you yet. Um, so um, I'm curious about, are there specific venues that you've absolutely loved or are on your bucket list to play? Yes, uh, I'll start with bucket list. I think the biggest one would be Red Rocks. Mm -hmm. um, yep. I'm getting that. Everyone has said that. I mean, yeah. it's a, as someone who's been there, sorry, Gibby, for bringing it up again. It's I okay. can see why people answer that. It's It really is like a magical space. It's crazy. But yeah, it's it super sense. magical. I also would love at some point to be at the Beacon Theater in New York. I mean, I mm. think that would be really fun. Um, cool. 
favorite venues. I mean, I have to shout out my hometown of Santa Cruz, their club there, um, Moe's Alley mm-hmm. is one of my favorite places ever. Um, I always have such a great time, but a place that surprised me over the last couple of years that I've now been to twice with opening for two different artists is, um, in Pittsburgh and it's called the Thunderbird Cafe. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. I love that room. And, and Pittsburgh was just such a cool city. I love going there. I'm always excited to go back. Um, it was, it was a city that I had never really given too much thought to didn't think, you know, I was, you know, just another city on tour, but I got there and I was like, man, nobody talks about Pittsburgh. (laughs) This place is awesome. It's kind of tucked away. Yeah. So it's a, it's not like super accessible, but everybody seems to have the same sentiment when they go. Yeah. It's great. Maybe because it sat down a little bit. I mean, that's the way I felt when I was there because they have all those old coal mines and everything or mine mm-hmm. shafts. It's kind of set down a little bit. Maybe it reminded you a little bit of home because I know Santa Cruz yeah. obviously is set that way. Yeah, it was beautiful. And I mean, yeah, uh, I got to shout out Maine too since I'm talking to you guys. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, I played at the Portland House of Music, I think it's called. Okay. Uh, with Sierra Hull last spring, and that was really fun too. Well, you are always welcome back in Maine. Um, yeah. I will. I don't have any direct contact with the governor, um, but <laughs> I will call them. You're willing to open for that for that show? I, oh, can I can I play with you? <laughs> Unplugged. Oh, for sure. Let's do it. Let's set it up. I want to go back. It was so beautiful. I can't even. Yeah. Depending, it, yeah, it's always nice up there, especially depending on like what time of year you're there. It can be even like a little bit more nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm curious, you, you've been compared by whether it's no depression or, you know, other, um, outlets, uh, to like the Jaw Stones of the world and Nora Jones and, you know, their themes of those, uh, musicians and artists that are fantastic. Um, at what point is that like flattering? And also, are you like, I'm, Taylor Ray and I, I am incredible too. Um, is there that sense or is there just so much appreciation for those artists? I do have appreciation for those artists. And I think um, whenever I get compared to Nora Jones, I can really tell that that listener is listening to my voice because I have listened to so much Nora Jones throughout my life, just growing up probably my first biggest inspiration as a musician. Um, And so when I get that compliment, you know, without ever having said that to the listener, that always, yeah, it it hits home for sure. I love, I love hearing that. Yeah. I I said earlier when we were chatting before the show that I got like a lot of Casey Musgraves vibes just because of the sound, but also because you blend a lot of different genres, right? Whether it's jazz, soul, rock, like different eras, I know this is a kind of a lame question because you probably get it a lot, but maybe we can get a layer deeper in terms of inspiration. I know you mentioned earlier, like a lot of this stuff comes to you just because you're kind of there and present in life and things are happening to you while you're out and about. Do you start out making an album with a thought of what the job, like what the vibe of that album is going to be, or do you sort of find it along the way? Like how does the album like record creation process actually work for you? Yeah. So with Matt, I just knew that I wanted to make a record uh, called Mad 20s and wanted it to be that concept of like living in this chaotic decade. Um, and so those collection of songs that were written throughout that decade. And so I think that story kind of just came together by itself. 
Um, however, I did have that title when I was like 23 and I put that album out when I was 23. So, yeah. you know, it was, it was definitely brewing for a while. Um, with this record coming out, I did have a few songs that were just, um, didn't really have a concept together, but as I started thinking about the album, I started noticing similarities within the content of the lyrics. And I was like, okay, I think this next record is going to be very introspective because that's what I seem to be writing about. And so finishing out, you know, the rest of the eight songs or whatever, I did have that idea in mind um, that I really wanted it to be about like me and my journey, like my personal thoughts, my healing process, as opposed to you know, songs about relationships or, or whatever else. Yeah. Well, there's that authenticity that I think people crave in general from anything that you're consuming as, as a, as a human, like if you can get into the the world with that person who's creating whatever that art is, it definitely, for me anyway, it resonates. So I think that's a really good way to go about it. That's cool. Oh, thank you. Well, and you, you um, write a lot about mental health. And actually, I was reading some of the notes um, on your blog posts about specific songs and singing to your five-year-old self. And um, how much of a factor is that in your writing process? And does that come up at times like that, that it's healing as well as, um, you know, expressing yourself too? Oh, absolutely. I feel like so much of how I process through difficult times and times of healing is through music and songwriting. And it really, you know, like one finishing one song can be equivalent to like 10 hours of therapy sometimes. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. yeah. um, yeah, that's a huge part of it. And it's, it's a big part of my life. And I know sometimes I get like, Oh, you should try and write a happier song. Like, you know, write another home on the road or something from <laughs> mad twenties. And I'm like, I, I can't force anything when it comes to writing, which honestly makes me a terrible like co-writer. Sometimes I get into the room. But you're definitely going to get that authenticity, which is valuable. So I get it. Thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> this is like Gibby. This is like when you're always watching sad TV shows and you're like trying to get me to watch like parenthood and this is us. Gibby and I always <laughs> go back and forth on this because I don't want to like, submit myself to 30 to, to 40 minutes of sadness intentionally like I'd like to avoid that it's I get that there's lessons to be learned and there's learning it's a type for reflection and right but like, not you're not reflecting because it's it's them it's not your life like if you well you can make show, connections you can draw lines I'm not so sure. speaking of drawing lines um Taylor as I was reading through these posts um we are uh, I wanted to say we're famous for. We're not famous. We um, definitely are. Yeah. <laughs> we are responsible for the gas station snack question. Uh -huh. um, there is a blog post that says September 3rd, 2015, somewhere in Nevada, 4 p.m., drinking Heineken in our underwear outside of Elko, Nevada at a rest stop, which I assume has a gas station and maybe somewhere you can get a snack. We're too broke to cross the state line. We're rich in love, which is lovely. Um, what is your gas station snack there in Elko, Nevada? I would say beef jerky. Oh, great. I gotta, gotta get protein wherever you can on the road. Mm -hmm. So I'm, get, yeah. get some good jerky and maybe some like almonds, like get that, that high protein content. Um, that's, 
that's the fuel. I mean, maybe back then when I was writing it, it was just beer. It was just <laughs> there was diet. no snack. That was our snack. Um, we were like, okay, we have five dollars. Do we get a tall boy or something? You know, substance. Yeah. Now, definitely, I'm like, oh, I'm too old to be doing that. I pack my lunches and make sure I have all my, you know, yeah, counted yeah. for the day. <laughs> Almonds and vitamin water. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What is um do you so I noticed I was just looking well a first off do you consider yourself a foodie at all are you big into food or is it kind of like it's just a necessity for you I do love food I love going out I appreciate I appreciate good food and okay. um, I I am like very into nutrition I try and like eat really well um but I don't know. It's always more fun with other people. Like if I were yeah. to just like live alone, I kind of just eat for necessity. Um, okay. I'm trying I'm to in, change that. <laughs> uh, I'm in the same boat. But my, my my question is, do so there's an overwhelming amount of Hawaiian and Mediterranean restaurants in Santa Cruz. Do you have a favorite go-to Hawaiian restaurant? And if you do, what are you getting while you're there? Um, I love Pono, Hawaiian okay. Grill. Um, okay. And I would get probably the ahi pokey bowl yep love it yeah. they're so good they're always so yeah. good so good yeah. great answer um, another one so you're you're in austin now though and correct yeah yep okay um are there specific musicians either that you've been really into lately or that are on your playlist that our listeners need to to tune into and then i'd also love to on the second side of that about some of your inspirations like who drove you to get into music and and get into this industry yeah so um people yeah artists that are on my playlists um there's a great local band here in austin called motanko and they um i feel like it's a little bit billy joel a little bit Ooh. maybe elton john it's it's piano oh. driven um just fantastic players and I, I that's what i love so much about austin like you can go out any day of the week you know any time yeah. of night and you're gonna see some of the best music you've ever seen so yeah, yeah motenko is a big one for me right now um another one that she's from the bay area um her name is august lee stevens and she's just putting out her first couple songs now um but just fantastic we played a show together last summer and it was just one of those moments where I was like where have you been all my life <laughs> um <laughs> and uh yeah those are those are the two I've been listening to one more I'll, I saw him in Austin on Saturday um he's my friend named John Mook and he's from Uganda he just got signed to Easy Eye Sounds and Dan Arbach just did his record it's absolutely fantastic. He has two singles out right now. And just like, what a sweet guy. Great stage presence. If you ever get the chance to see him, I know he's going to be on tour a lot coming up because this is going to be big stuff, but he is fantastic. So I would check awesome. those out. There must awesome. be so much like camaraderie too with, with you know, newer artists that are making their presence known in the industry, like that you guys are all rooting for each other. It seems kind of like mm -hmm. I, I was listening to someone talk about comedians that were coming up and how they're all like staying for each other's shows and going out. Yeah. So it feels like that there's that type of energy. Is that accurate? Absolutely. And especially in Americana and, you know, just the wider umbrella that is Americana, 
Um, there is so much of that. I think, you know, my philosophy is like, there's room for everyone. Everyone's like, yep. oh, it's so yep. saturated. Everyone can upload whatever they want to any stream. But it's like, I don't know, there's, there's room for everyone, you know, and there's so many levels at which you can like go so many different paths um, you can take in this career or on this journey that, yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. I feel like more, fr the more friends you have, the better you're going to do. Yeah. And nobody listens to really one music. Position, yeah right like everybody listens to a mult like that's what spotify wrapped is all about you literally listen to so many different people that you're right there's probably room for a lot yeah absolutely Did, so i saw a post on instagram where you were thanking your listeners do you like freak out at the numbers when you get the spotify wrapped as an artist and you see like 32 million um you know hours or minutes or whatever it was i saw that and i'm like oh my god imagine Big number imagine that yeah this last year I was not expecting to get those numbers at all I mean I'm I like to keep up on my metrics every month and I you know check the Spotify for artists and all that um but just to see it yeah like wrapped up in one place I was like whoa yeah it yeah. is slightly <laughs> unsettling <laughs> I'm like oh I just don't really like spend my days thinking about that. And I was like, that's a lot of people listening. <laughs> it's a great validation. People do not have the attention span for much these days. And if you can get someone's attention to listen to your music or watch a show or movie you've written or something like that, I feel like it's a pretty big accomplishment. So that's big. Yeah, I'm grateful. I'm so, so grateful. Um. So Taylor, you know, are you going actually one last question, then we'll let you run. Um. Are we going to see you at Americana Fest? Um, One Night in Pinehurst is aiming to be the official podcast of Americana Fest. If they will have us, they they haven't approved yet. They'll but are you going to be playing there, performing there? Oh, that's so cool, by the way. I hope you guys get that. Um, so this year with the release schedule for the album, I don't think um, it will be out before Americana Fest. Okay. So I don't know if I will be showcasing this year, if not this year, for sure next year. Um, and I did did showcase when Mad 20s came out. I love American Fest. However, I might be there just to hang out. Cool. So um, so yeah, please, please hit me up either way. And um, yeah, I'd love to I'd love to connect. We'll do Sweet. a live, we'll do a live recording. Um, we maybe love we'll even host a little round table. Um, Taylor, you have been so gracious. Yeah, and, thank you. Uh, where can our listeners find you other than Spotify, Apple, um, direct them where you want them to go? Yeah, at Taylor Ray Music. Ray is R-A-E. And that's my website. That's the Facebook. That's YouTube. That's Instagram. So that's that's the key to all of the websites. Um, the the music is incredible. Um, you know, not even just like the top five hits. If you start going down, you go through the whole Mad Twenties album. It's incredible. Uh, and I think I mentioned like my nine year old daughter's humming "Fixer Upper" while she's you know painting um, in the living room. And I love um, that. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's it's true, and and uh, so. Um, you've been a fantastic guest. Thank you so much for your Thank time, you. your generosity. We love the music and, uh, um, we, we appreciate having you and can't wait to meet you and, and we're going to have you on again. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much. It's been a pleasure. Awesome. Thanks Taylor. Thank you. I only got